You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. What's going on with you, Joel? How are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling better. Jenna's uh, on the mend. She always had the worst fever than I did. She was like in the like last weekend, not not a couple of days ago, but the previous weekend. Like Saturday and Sunday were awful. She was just burning up. She said it feels like my whole head's on sunburn. She, what was that one day where it was like really cold outside? It was like in the fifties. And oh yeah, I, I had like a hoodie on and like a long sleeve thing. And we let the dog out. In the backyard, and she was like in, in in a bra in panties, and like she was not cold. Hey, she was like, "I'm down. still, yeah, exactly." <laughs> and I'm like, "When? I hope this fever lasts forever." <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, it was it was pretty bad, and it, it got a little better. But even still, today she still we took it before um, we ate, and it's like ninety nine point eight. She's it's still not gone, but at least she's kind of starting to feel better, and at least we know. That it is not COVID. We got the test and everything. COVID. We don't have the nice. COVID. We just had every symptom of the COVID. It seemed like you know you. And when you think you have it, and you and uh, you you start coughing, like you get a little tickling in your throat. Whereas before, you don't realize how much you're you're coughing, uh, just on a daily basis yeah. until you think mm-hmm. you've got yeah. this thing, and you're like, oh shit, this yeah. is phase one. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm such a hypochondriac. Every time I yeah. have like a pain or an ache or like a sniffle, I'll turn to Sarah. I'm like, I think I got it. Yeah, this I is it. This is the this end. This is it. You this take a deep it. breath and it, it feels a little tight. <laughs> and like a lot of this stuff has probably been allergies because like, you know, you get a little yeah. tightness in the chest and a little cough. And uh, But but there's no way to know until you take that right. that horrible, horrible test. Oh, Where yeah. did you take it? Where did you go? Yeah, the yeah, how, how is that? Yeah, how yeah. Is it went to the American Airlines Center, did the little drive through uh, and uh, they take this, this long Q-tip and they drive fucking... Through. It, that's what it is, basically. Yeah, you get a Big Mac, get your fries, and you get your COVID test all in one stop. And uh, they uh, they take this long like Q-tip, and it, it, I saw a diagram. I knew what I was getting into, and I didn't want to tell Jenna because I knew it would like freak her out. Yeah. But uh, I, I saw a diagram before we did it, like of this side of a head, like you know, kind of you know how they they blow it up. Uh, and it's like they basically have to like touch your brain, like they tickle your like I got nose raped basically by this. This long thing. <laughs> they stick it all the way back in there, and then they have to hold it there for like 10 seconds and wiggle it around. And you think like, oh, it's like, you know, kind of having a tickle in your nose. It is the most uncomfortable thing. I was beating the steering wheel, and like, like they're like, hold still, hold still, don't move. And I'm like, I, you got the, you're fucking what? piercing my medulla obligata. How can I not move right now? So so you could have the COVID. You just didn't stand still long enough. No, no, I I, I think he I did. didn't sit still enough. He drove up and apparently jammed a tip <laughs> of his nose. I'm a silent carrier. Well, I, honestly, after hearing what the test is for it, I might have it because I'm not getting that fucking test. It's like, it's like <laughs> what the hell? It's like, I'll die. <laughs> It's like, Before well, anybody's shit. sticking anything up my if nose. If that's what I need to do to check it, I mean, damn. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Dude, so Tess and I were on a call with our team, mm-hmm. and at one point, one of the uh, one of our team members started like coughing and and stuff, and uh, oh, no. and our boss, as a joke, was like, "Do you have it?" You got it. You got the COVID. And she responds. She's like, I might. We're all like, exactly. It was like someone Explain. hit the emergency brake. Explain. And it turns out her girlfriend's mother had it. Oh, no. And she had been in contact with her. Oh, this is and, scary. Uh, 
And it makes me worry because she's got a grandfather that's in pretty rough medical condition, and she's been yeah. driving him to like these doctor's appointments and stuff. Oh, great. So so we're waiting waiting to see what's going on with that. Like the Our boss keeps trying to push her to get tested, and she's like, I'll get tested if I start feeling worse. And he's like, well, that's too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you do that. Yeah, yeah because late. that's the worst part. It's like from the time you get tested, it's like three to five days. So we went yeah. Friday morning and then just fucking sat on it all weekend thinking we were going to die. And like yeah, treating wow. everything like oh, this is our last meal. Hey, what, what what movie do you want to watch for the last time? We were going through like our bucket list of TV shows and movies. <laughs> no, because it's my pick. And <laughs> this is this next week. <laughs> it's like, like, fuck. So you'd have to tell her. Why couldn't I have Sorry, got COVID Jenna. last week? <laughs> our final is Joe's pick. I wasted it on Aladdin. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because mm. I got some thoughts about this movie. Uh, did you guys wait before we get started? Yeah. Anybody seen anything new? Uh, yes. Um, like I said, we've been uh, catching up on things we wanted to see. Uh, and for the longest time, I was curious about the, the TV show. Whoa. Now, this is a TV series, but uh, for the longest time uh, that I, I avoided for a while because I love the movie Fargo. And I was uh-huh. like, I don't want to see a TV show where they just recreate the movie in a 10-episode series. So I put it off. That was like, what, 2014 when it came out. But I kept hearing good things about it, and uh, a friend of mine gave me the seasons. So I was like, you know what? Got good reviews. Got some uh, good word of mouth about it. So checked it out and loved it. The first season of nice. Fargo is awesome. It, they didn't try to retell the same story, but it feels like the same movie. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, just... Really brilliant, man. And uh, we're halfway are, through the second season now and just loving it. Go ahead. Are the Coens involved at all or just in a in name only? Executive producing, but it's all from this one guy who like single-handedly like, wrote every episode and, and directs a lot of them, too. Noah Wiley or Whaley or something like that, I think is his name. Wait, uh, Noah Wiley, like from ER? No, not that guy. Uh, Whaley? Oh, okay. I'll look it up. It's something like that. But, uh, wow. man, super talented dude, great show, and I uh, highly re- recommend Fargo the Series. Very cool. Tess, anything? Yeah. Well, uh, I fin- Well, after finishing Mad Men, uh, I went and oh. watched uh, Tiger King. I don't know if you, <laughs> you've watched that no, yet. No, I'm not going to watch that show. You're not going to watch it? No. You're not going to bite into the craze that is no. COVID-19 right now? Joe, don't play Dude, that. I'm telling you, like it's like everybody got sent home to work from home because of this thing, and everybody yeah. turned on Netflix at the same time. It was like, ooh, th- we've decided this is going to be the next thing. And I'm just – and Joel knows this about me. I'm like, if everybody else is into it, you know, no thanks. No, I, I, no, I, I completely, I completely feel you on that. Hipster to the end. You're completely right. Because when you eventually do watch, you're gonna be like, "Why the fuck did I watch this?" Like it's <laughs> like it's good. Don't get me wrong, but after finishing, I was like, "Oh, we only watch this because everybody's at home right now, and yeah. they all and everybody said this was good." So we're all like, "What's what's this?" Like yeah. that's exactly why that was good. But right. after finishing that, I started Ozark season Ooh. three. Yeah. And that shit, that shit has been amazing. Yeah, we're that. we're about three episodes into season three because we love the first two seasons. I don't really no. like where they're taking this uh, season. I, I like it when why not? Uh, well, because I like it when Laura Linney and uh, what's his name, fucking Jason uh, Bateman, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman. I like it when they're kind of two sides of the same coin, working towards the same goal. And right off the bat, and maybe it gets better. I don't know. Did you finish the season three? Said, oh no, it's amazing. It ends great. Okay, uh, I just didn't like that they were like playing them against each other. Um, and it almost seemed like, you know what, it seemed like what J.J. Abrams would have done if he were given season three. He's like, oh, what do people like about seasons one and season two? Oh, they, they like Ruthie. Oh, they like uh, this character. They like this. Well, it's kind of like a best of, but it's not really where I wanted it to go. Yeah, okay. So get, going back to Tiger King, 
How does it compare? No, no, no. Because I, I'm fresh. No, I have a, a legit question. I'm yeah. coming fresh off of watching McMillions, which was oh, a yeah. fascinating nice. and fantastic documentary series. Nice, amazing. How does that compare to McMillions? Oh, McMillions is way better. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because McMillions, are, like the story that's told to McMillions from the beginning, it's a story that you're like what the fuck this is crazy how could this happen i need to know more about it mm. and with tiger king it's just like oh wow this is a crazy story how the what how the fuck is this how the fuck did this happen <laughs> it, it's like the, it's different in that it's different in that regard to like watching it you continue you continue watching it just to see like all right what the fuck happened with this like yeah. what, how does this end like mm. that's just how that because i remember i got like three episodes in before i was just really like interested interested to where i needed to finish it like the first two episodes i was like this is stupid this yeah. is i was like this is kind of dumb good to know going on in it. yeah so it 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 gets better though and it's just, and it's definitely it's entertaining there's a lot of there's crazy shit in it that'll have you like uh, that'll have you entertained eventually but eventually. at the end of it you're at the end of it you'll still be like oh yeah i could have watched well there's, there's one thing i love else. about tv shows it's like i like to be entertained but only eventually <laughs> like <laughs> Not off the bat. Like I like to be it's punished like, a little bit, and then eventually I get entertained. That is something like that we learned is. about Joel. That he's good with like something that's slow. Just sticking with it. Just sticking with something real <laughs> slow. I, I, you know, I respect that so much about you, Joel, because that's exactly how I am. Can't too. tell if you're being I, sarcastic or not. No, I'm no, being no very I'm sarcastic. I, I, oh, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm actually being 100 percent true. I really respect that because I'm the same way. See, Thank people you, were Tess. saying that. People were saying He's that not about like that. That's, that's not the way he is. <laughs> I need I'm instant gratification. No, I do like I'm a slow burn. I'm, I'm both. You know, I I give up on things, but I also commit to things as well, Joe. <laughs> it's like with like with Ozark, everybody that like I've found that either half people half the people love Ozark or they hate it because like my really? brother, yeah, because my brother and a couple other friends I have, they're like, yeah, it was just too slow. Like I couldn't get into it. Like, and they're the same people who didn't really like Breaking Bad. As well, because oh, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people said Breaking Bad was kind of slow getting into. I can't believe that. I, I can't believe it. I, I love that the, sa- the same way. I, I can't believe that about Breaking Bad. I can't believe that about Ozark. I was like, from the beginning, it's like there's yeah. there's dope stuff happening. His True. wife, the the dude she's cheating on with, gets thrown off a balcony in like yeah. the first episode. Yeah. Wow. Spoiler alert for the first I mean, episode of Ozark. I guess I don't need to watch that. <laughs> I mean, it's three. It's been like three years, so. <laughs> 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 you spoiled it. Yeah. Has anybody but actually I, seen I, any movie? I finished Ozark, and now, so now, right now, I'm watching uh, The Sopranos. You know, so oh wow, I'm about to be talking like a wise guy. Hey, forget about it. Forget about it. I need some gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> well, did anybody actually watch any fucking movies on this movie podcast, or is it all just like I did TV? I watched, a, I watched a movie called uh, Onward. Oh, oh, I've been hearing about that. Yeah, the the, the Pixar, Pixar movie Onward. Basically, um, aimed for uh, aimed towards D and D fans. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like they were like, all right, let's make something for. We did a video game one with Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've turned the the fairy princess story on its ear. Let's let's do something with D and D, and it's pretty good. Uh, you know, you got some good voice performances. Yeah, the the, the story itself, the uh, I don't want to say that the story, but the execution of it, it's not the most slick. That Pixar's done, yeah, man. Uh, but it still hits all the emotional chords that you'll expect from a Pixar movie. But, it, but uh, does it do it in a manipulative way, though? Because that's the complaint I've heard. A little bit, a little bit. Like there's this whole thing. The, the story, the basic story behind it is you got these two brothers, and uh, the older brother, 
really is in like fantasy and all this stuff. And it's this world that's kind of D and D like they're ogres and, and, and monsters and wizards and stuff like that. And it's like they, uh, but they've evolved and they've discovered science. And so as science has taken over, they've given up on magic. So these two brothers, the youngest one never knew his father. His father died before he was born. And so he can only, the only things he knows about his dad are the memories that his brother shares with him. And his Mm -hmm. brother has like three distinct memories of his dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when they both turn 16, the youngest one on his 16th birthday, uh, his, their mother brings out this package from the father that he left. And in what it is, is this, it's this uh, magic wand, a, a jewel and a spell. And it's like, with these things, you can cast a spell where we could spend it together. And I can see you guys and you can get to meet me and ask me, hey, we could spend one full day together. Well, they cast the spell, but they, they mess it up. So only their father's legs appear. <laughs> Oh yes, and, and so so they're having to like guide his legs, and they they go on this quest to try to find another one of these like phoenix stones or whatever, so they can cast the spell, so they can see him. The rest of him will appear, no. uh, and so it's this whole journey as they get to know each other. Uh, the brothers start to count on each other, and it, you see where it's going from sure. a mile away. Uh, but it's still pretty interesting. Um, but like in the course of the story, one of the characters, the older brother character, shares a secret fourth memory that he has Ooh. involving involving their father and it it's like really close to home oh, for me shit, really and so like we're sitting there on the couch just this this innocent like it with harper sarah's taking care of james and they come in and like sit down and walk with us and i'm just like i'm giggling i'm laughing this is cute suddenly this like sharing of the story happens and like without without warning like i'm just i'm choked up oh no like weep on the couch oh wow <laughs> and so it's one of those things where like you feel like you need to cry but you don't so it it's more painful because yes. you're holding it back mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it, it was pretty rough but damn you pixar overall, overall it's a good movie but like you said it, it does fall under the up uh, manipulative kind of yeah. uh, category i feel good about uh watching it from home I, I think yeah. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and actually, uh, friend of the show and uh, past guest host Matt Brundage uh, from our Ravenous episode, listen to Ravenous, just sent me a picture of what the father looks like. He's like Joel. Uh, this is you as like elf form. I found elf Joel, and I, I guess the well, uh, the father looks like me. Well, you and any other you know <laughs> hipster with glasses and a beard. With glasses. Yeah, <laughs> I took it as a compliment. He looked like a handsome dead father. <laughs> I mean. Not every cool character has to look like you, Joel, okay? Hey, his words, not mine. I thought it looked like Tess. <laughs> really? He's no, blue. it didn't look like you at all. It looked like Joel. It totally looked oh. like I'm oh. almost positive. I'm almost positive when the picture of him came up, I think Sarah even mentioned, like, wow, that looks like Joel. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Move over, Lyft driver commercial guy. Yeah. There's a new doppelganger in town. <laughs> How's that? Uh, yep. 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 Is that how the commercial goes? Yep. 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 Cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay. So this is the editing panel on the next week radio network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we talk, talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter no matter what the case. <laughs> I want to say what what? Oh, it's, what? Like, it's almost like we took two weeks <laughs> off of this. Like, <laughs> uh, yes. Apologies, by the way, that we're doing this a week late, but uh, thank you for working with our 
our COVID schedules. So we come here every week and talk about a movie, whether it's good or bad, and uh, we tear it apart. We invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, to take part in the discussion. Just go to facebook.com slash editingbay or in the search bar on Facebook, type in Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can find us. And uh, let us know what you think about the movie of the week or if you have ideas for movies for us to watch in the future. Go ahead and put your suggestions there. This week, it is Joel's pick who decided to uh, to stray from the formula that we were establishing of of post-apocalyptic pandemic films. Well, was it straying from the formula or was it just sticking a fork in it and calling it done? Because uh, <laughs> I think we were all tired of watching these post-apocalyptic films where everybody is dying from a, uh, a virus that spreads uh, a little too close to home. Although we got some good entertainment out of it. Uh, listen oh, to our sure. 28 Days Outbreak and what was the third one? Oh, uh, I Am Legend episode in the last yes. three weeks. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to veer, uh, take a hard left here and uh, do something that's a little more fun, but maybe frustrating mm-hmm. and uh, will probably result in some differing opinions throughout the episode, mm-hmm. it sounds like. I think so. Yeah, yeah it, I think so. So I chose uh, the remake. The uh, 2019 is when it came out. I'm trying to find it on... Uh, yeah, it came out last year. Last year. spelling Aladdin wrong? Aladdin. 2019's live-action Aladdin remake of the, uh, of course, the Disney classic from uh, 19... When? Nine, 92. 93? 92? Wow. That's yeah. a little right. Oh, man. Yeah, there you go. 92. Oh, Starring, that's right. That's, uh, that was your year. Yes, it is. Starring Will Smith, <laughs> uh, Minima Saud, Naomi Scott, Marwan. Basically, a bunch of other people you haven't heard of. (laughs) (laughs) And the the one girl from SNL. Yeah. The the film directed by Guy Ritchie, who gave us uh, Tess's uh, Lockstock. No, not Lockstock. Snatch. Snatch, I keep wanting to say Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, The budget for this movie, $183 million. Yep. Uh, The box office was pretty modest. Uh, brought in 1.051 billion. Oh, jeez, really? Oh, yes. Jesus. Worldwide, over one billion dollars. Um, and wow. uh, I mean, we can go through all the the other movies that came out, but it was just last year. So I don't think <laughs> yeah. anybody, I don't think anybody has forgotten about like Captain Marvel, Joker, uh, Avengers: Endgame, Once Upon mm. a Time in Hollywood. Oh, what a good year! Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, yeah. Little Women. Well, seems the, like the yesterday. Irish- it, it it was it was yesterday, but but no. Uh, so it, it was a big year for movies, mm-hmm. and this was a big film, and I think it was uh, it was ambitious to to take this on. I mean, I know we had already seen live action versions of Cinderella, a live action version of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, several years ago, we got our live action versions of 101 Dalmatians. Oh yeah, you know, oh, so yeah. Disney's been doing this experiment for a while, but it. It's when they started diving into like the beloved renaissance right. of their animation era, where it was like it started getting a little bit more uh, coming under a little bit more scrutiny. Now, when the trailers first came out for this movie, oh my lord! Uh, I don't know if you guys felt the same way as me, but I, I like I definitely had um, a, a doubtful stance on this film and how it was going to be and how it was going to perform. You and a lot of people, Joe. So I avoided it. I didn't see it in the theater. I know Tess saw it when it came out in the theater. Um, I didn't really have any desire because the more I saw about this movie, the more I was like, uh, you can't help but compare it to the Robin Williams vehicle. Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. And and also, the more you saw about it, the more it looked like Blue Hitch. Like, okay, so <laughs> these, 
he's just going to help this dude hook up with a girl. Okay, I got it. We've seen this story a billion times. Did we really need to like hang it on this remake of Aladdin? Um, so that said, having watched the film, I didn't mind it at all. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, where uh, interesting to hear you say that. Where do you put it in? Uh, <clears throat> so we we did Beauty and the Beast, the Beauty and the Beast remake a few years ago when that came out. Listen to our Beauty and the yeah. Beast episode. Uh, we have not done the Lion King. Have you seen the Lion King remake, John? Favre's? I haven't. No, I, no, I, I have not either. This makes me kind of want to see it just so I can kind of complete that that trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, it sounds like Mulan. They're they're getting away from the music, right? Mulan, Mulan no is music. not a musical. Nope. So they're no, not, not. They're not really trying not to do a, a one for one remake the way they did with these three films. If if you think that they did, um, but I think The Little Mermaid is supposed to still be one for one. That is true, with the exception of uh, uh, mixing up the races. It sounds like of uh, some of the lead characters. What? Yeah, that's right. I we mean, have a little Black Little Mermaid. Yeah. No. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean that's cool. Oh. I, I, I'm sorry that bothers you, Joe. No, no, it doesn't bother me. No, I, it doesn't bother me. I think we can do that. I think we should be able to do that. There's no reason she needs to be a white redhead. Stop fucking laughing. Man, look at him walking it back now. <laughs> no, no. I know. He... <laughs> no, I'm just saying they're taking some liberties, and they've done that with these these films too. They've kind of mixed some things up. They've they've replaced some characters with other characters. Uh, maybe they've changed the sexual orientation of some of the characters, like we saw from Beauty and the Beast. Not sure if that holds true with the Lion King. (laughs) With the scene where Timon and Pumbaa just nail on each other. Just going to town on each other. Oh, God. Uh, no, so what I got what I got from you, Joel, when you first picked this movie, you had said like you've been working on it in in chunks, in installments, and yes, that, and and you and it wasn't it wasn't going down easy with you. No, it was not. Um, I wonder if if my opinion, my overall opinion, would have changed if I watched it in one fell swoop. But uh, I was able to watch it in fifteen minute installments and then reflect on those and stew on them. And yeah. and it was like fuck this movie. And then I think about it today, and I'd be like, I want to see what they, how they do this. I want to I want to keep going with it. Let me see how they what they do with this. Uh, so uh-huh. overall, there's a lot of hits and misses. Uh, I I think like you, I don't want to say I'm all the way on the positive side, but I would call this a I would call it a, a fresh, a Rotten Tomato fresh, right? Sixty yeah. percent at least. Um, yeah. Because I think the stuff that was successful was successful enough, but there, there's just a lot of ponderous decisions that were made. How'd you like the songs? How'd you like the music? Uh, well, Whoa. you can't talk about the music without talking about Will Smith because he performs about half of the, the songs, right? And I yeah. think when I mentioned it a couple yeah. of weeks ago initially, I was like, there's no way you can get somebody to do Robin Williams, like a Robin Williams impersonation. And I no. think I think they could have gotten away from that a little bit because there's a lot of times they've got well, Will gotten Smith away from it a little bit more. They got away from it a bit, but they could have yeah. stepped away a little bit more not, from it. Not enough to my liking. I feel like I think feel like overall there wasn't a there wasn't somebody behind this film who had a vision for how they wanted it uh-huh. to, to come out. Well, ooh. I feel like there I was a, a bunch of cooks. And, and I don't, I don't I, completely agree. Yeah? You think Guy Ritchie I, has his fingerprints on this film, the way he does uh, I, the rest of his oeuvre? I'm not sure. I think Guy Ritchie has his fingerprints on this film in as much as um, – uh, oh, my gosh. Why does his name escape me now? Um, Sunshine and 28 Days Later. Uh, Danny Boyle. Uh, Danny Boyle. As much as Danny Boyle has his fingerprints on Slumdog Millionaire. 
So it's not their typical fare. It's not what we typically see from Danny Boyle, Slumdog. Mm-hmm. And this isn't what we typically see from Guy Ritchie. This is – I found this to be a very interesting movie because they definitely dove into Bollywood light. Like this sure. is a very – this is a very Bollywood movie where like you see that, you know, the, the film slows down a bit. The film is sped up a little bit to like kind of enhance the mood or enhanced moments. Yes. Now, whether that works for you individually, I think is a different question and that's going to be more subjective, but I think looking at it objectively, I think it's a very creative way to go about doing it. I think that uh, I applaud Disney and I applaud Guy Ritchie for taking that approach and also having some fun with it like one of the moments that i thought was true from what i know of bollywood films was when um is after aladdin has freed the or freed the genie from the lap but discovered him and they go to the palace right after the big prince ali number and oh. they're in the palace and it's time for the dance oh yeah they're like manipulating aladdin so he's like dancing on the floor whatever like that's that's kind of that's that's a really nice pure Bollywood where you've got this accidental dance number going on and you know yeah, this I like that. The, the hapless hero and I was like okay this is great and and the colors that are just leaping oh, off yeah. the screen it's beautiful yes. beautiful it's it's mm-hmm. wonderful and so in that respect I think wow that I, I I applaud you for what you've done because I think you've succeeded in in that respect um, I do think that the fact that the movie does become in fact, Blue Hitch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my to the point where you, you almost feel like, well, where's Kevin James? He's about to jump in here, right? Like <laughs> Kevin James is about to show up. Where uh, it, it kind of disappointed me, where I was like, well, you could have really gone creative with this, and instead, in this respect, in this part of the plot, you went typical. When you could have, with like you've done with the rest of this movie, you could have gone a little atypical with it. But see, I mean, but doesn't that kind of just play into Disney movies, though? And when you when you think about the original Aladdin movie, that's kind of what Robin the Robin Williams genie character was doing. He was coaching up, he was coaching up Aladdin, trying to help him out. Because sure. that same that same part where he was like, yeah, where he was telling him that you need to be honest with her, don't lie to her about who you are. Like she mm-hmm. she loves. I remember Robin Williams telling Aladdin that in the same movie. Yeah, be yeah, yourself. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and we did get some of that. Um, like some of the things that that I, I would say like made me kind of scratch my head a little bit. The um, the female empowerment song that Jasmine sings. Okay, it, oh, it's, let's talk about it. it. <laughs> Jess, you say you love this movie, and you're rolling your eyes at that. I hate that scene. Yes, That's we should all hate that scene. That's the worst part to me. Both both scenes, you know, like I don't mind the first time she sings it, and and I think that they could have brought it back in a stronger way. But the thing is, they give her this subplot of like empowering her, and she has this whole moment about like her song about like not being silent. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, she just has to be saved still, by some man. Yeah, she's still silenced. Yes. Yeah, but it's on um, her terms, Joe. That's the difference. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just felt like that could have been fleshed out a little bit no, better. I hated that too. First of all, I hate when they feel like they need to add songs to these things. Like yes. already, I know that they're short 90 minute films as animated features and you need to stretch them out a little bit, but just by the this very nature over two hours. Yeah, I know just yeah. the very nature of it being live action. That's going to happen naturally just because not everything moves as, as quickly. 
we don't need to add songs, and we certainly don't need to be adding new songs in the third act of the film right before the climax. Yeah, like, exactly. Had they done that anywhere else in the film? I don't remember any other new songs. Well, no. not just not just adding the new song, but then they added that whole chase thing where, where Iago turned into like a velociraptor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, he's a dinosaur, giant dragon. You know, I'll kind of forgive that. I kind of like that they did that only because it gave that parrot something fucking to do. Like, otherwise, yeah. there's no reason for his existence just in the same way there's no reason Jasmine needs a tiger. If that tiger isn't her best friend and kind of her 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 uh, her, her foil it's she's been re- that tiger's been replaced by this character this new character right but but you know what raja the tiger still serves a purpose in this movie where she, what? it's like it you know because raja when uh, when ali when aladdin comes back and he's prince ali raja is still cool with him so that's like one of the first things that tips off jasmine that that's, that, aladdin. that's aladdin like that's yeah. some because raja's not cool with people like yeah. why is raja cool with this guy so there's still a purpose for the tiger with iago like if it's not voiced by gilbert godfried I know. <laughs> you know it kind of seemed like well won't him talk at all did you see who, uh, who was that, sorry you finished that thought it was alan tudyk that's right Alan yeah. Tudyk doing the voice of Iago, which I had no idea. And Disney loves them some Alan Tudyk. They throw him in everything. We should all love <laughs> us some Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, now, getting to, like, Will Smith is the genie. Um, and, and we can go back to, if I'm jumping away from something and you still want to touch on it. Just well, I've got go lots of notes. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to them. Okay, cool. Uh, Will Smith is the genie. I didn't mind. I do think that. With a number like Friend Like Me, mm. and Sarah, Sarah and I talked about this at, at length afterwards. Mm. She actually sat down and watched this movie with me. No. Uh, and we both enjoyed it, but we, we both agreed that the um, that Robin Williams, like you can never hold a candle to Robin Williams' exactly. version of Friend Like Me because it is a show-stopping song. And mm-hmm. the amount of character that he throws into that song, mm-hmm. like all the different voices, impressions, the the manic feel of everything exactly. where you're getting that, like it's like the first five minutes of a Baz Luhrmann movie. Like it's just, yes. there's so much going on. And, and it's like, you, you see that number in the animated version of the film. And there's a part of you that even now, after watching it a hundred times, you watch that number and go, how do you even follow this up? <laughs> like yeah. this is, this is fantastic. And what a showcase of Robin Williams talent where, the Will Smith version, it's fun and it's Bollywood and and he does a pretty good job with it, but it does not even come close to like to bringing to to bringing the house down like Robin Williams version did. I was like he he did that with his version of uh Prince Ali cuz honestly that yeah. scene was amazing. When they got yeah. to town, like that whole scene was I I replayed that like three times. It is like, nice. That, yeah. That moment where where he stops down and he's like we're not going to move going on. To yeah, yeah we're gonna move on until the sultan gives his finger that was a nice addition that i would have loved to see more of that more of riffs on on these on what we already knew that added to them and i think too many times they were just having will smith do what robin williams did before yeah and and make it your own but it's never as as fresh as it was no pun intended uh-huh. as when uh, robin williams did you know, there's, I keep thinking about it, and I wonder if I would have been completely fine with the genie never being like the floating, cloudy this, blue genie. Yes, I, can we all agree? Just been, mm. Yeah, if he would have yeah. just been in that like a, a colorful costume, mm-hmm. I think I would have bought it. I think I would have been fine with it, given the atmosphere and the costumes of this movie. I think I would have been completely cool with it. Totally I think agree. Him, making him the blue, like Robin Williams-looking genie was unnecessary. Yes, and that's the problem because they are still making him do these manic and and quick movements and transformations 
And and that's Robin Williams. That is not Will Smith. That's what I mean when they're making Will Smith do Robin Williams things, and he doesn't do Robin Williams things. He does Will Smith things. So when he's when he's uh, left to be himself, that scene that you're talking about after they arrive, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they're greeting the Sultan, and uh, and it's the two of them, and he's trying to show them how impressive he is, and all the things we have jams, you know, and yeah. the, the, just their interactions yeah. are so great. Yeah, and Will Smith's like, move away from the jams. Move away from the jams. <laughs> That scene, that, I'll tell you, that is the point in the movie when it started to win me over, when I was like, okay, all right, more of this uh-huh. and less of that. The yeah. problem is you have to go through him being that blue floating genie with the muscle, <laughs> with, the, with the fake CG body for like half oh, yeah. of the movie before well, we yeah, get to see Will Smith. It's yeah. almost an hour before we get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I don't remember if the, the animated version moved at, at that same pace, but it's almost an hour before we return to the palace. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So there's a, a lot that happens. With this guy. I, I remember the uh, previews for it. You remember? You remember Joe when we were watching and you were like, "Is wait, is he going to be Blue Will Smith I mean, the entire <laughs> time, movie. or is he ever going to be Black Will Smith?" <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad. I'm glad they let him be just regular Will Smith. And when Will Smith gets to be Will Smith, and I, Joel was saying this just now, when Will Smith gets to be Will Smith, he shines it's like strong, he does a great yeah. job. Now, here's here's something that Sarah had pointed out is that. The animated Aladdin movie is definitely Robin Williams' movie, and it is whether you, however you cut it, you can't deny that it is the story of Genie. It's Genie's story, yeah, absolutely, and just mm-hmm. how he impacts these other people. I, I, I thought that it was really cool that in this version, for a movie named Aladdin, they fleshed out and and developed the Aladdin character a hundred times more than they did in the animated version. You actually get a sense of who this guy is like rather than him yeah. singing to me about how they so much more to me like he sings that in the animated movie but you still don't learn anything about the character yeah. whereas mm-hmm. in this one you actually get a good grasp and man the kid that plays aladdin is oh, yeah. charming he's, he's great. funny yeah yeah and a really good foil to will smith like they, the two of them play off each other really well they have such chemistry and i, I would say yeah. the casting across the board is pretty strong. I think the Princess Jasmine is great. I think even though I was complaining that uh, Raja has basically been replaced by this handmaiden, she is fantastic. She's, oh, she's great. She gets some of the best laughs in the movie. I love her. Um, the scenes, the, the, the chemistry between her and Will Smith is just undeniable. Yeah. She's yes. so good. Uh, but, uh, but, but then I think the only place where the casting kind of falls is Jafar. I was disappointed in how they, they portrayed him because what this film needed was a really fun villain. And and what what's missing is we don't get. To, I know Iago's there, and he's he's talking to him. He's he's adding his little sound bites, but you never really feel yeah. like they have a relationship. You just feel like Jafar's this lone wolf uh, who's an asshole, uh, but he's yeah. not a fun asshole the way that uh, the the animated one was. Well, here's and here's the thing about Jafar. I thought Jafar was far more interesting in the very first half of this movie. Like after they capture Aladdin, and then they have their little talk in the desert before he goes into the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. I thought like, ooh, they're really making Jafar an interesting character. Like they're setting up his backstory that he was a thief and that he's tried to change his and and change direction of what he's doing with his life and. Like, wow, this is really interesting. I appreciate the depth that they're giving this character. But then, yeah, at the end, he just kind of a mustache-twirling villain anyway. Yep. And you're right. Like, the animated version of this movie gave uh, gave you that opportunity to kind of develop more Iago and Jafar mm-hmm. with each other and their conversations and stuff. Whereas in this one, they didn't focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Got the COVID. <laughs> no. You heard it here Stay first. Away. Editing Bay listeners. Sneezing isn't a, it's not, it's not a symptom. Or is it? No, 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 <laughs> no, but I think that, you know, obviously you get a little bit more of an opportunity in the animated yeah. version yeah. to to develop those two words. They they didn't explore that. In and, this. and you're right. You're right. Yeah. Jafar should have been more fun. And he I would I mean, he's an a, he was just an asshole in this one to me because, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't as scary as he was supposed to be because in the animated version, he's a menacing. He's a menacing character. And, and in this one, he's supposed to be. But you can kind of just see through it. Towards kind of like he's a goofball, just a goofy asshole to me is what he <laughs> came off as. Yeah, yeah. It's Didn't silly. Jafar have? Did Jafar have a song in the original animated movie? I think he had an evil song. I want to say he did. He didn't have like a full number. I don't think what he does. I think he had. He had like a. Did he have a song? No, he has that reprise there at the end after he's uh, got the genie and and he sings the uh, Prince Ali fabulous, but he he puts his own twist on it. When he banishes him. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. But it's just like a verse. So this guy didn't sing at all. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No more singing. But just in the same way, Joe, that you were mentioning, you know, you miss that relationship between him and Iago. He doesn't have anybody to play off of. I kind of felt the same way with Aladdin and Abu. I'm not sure how I feel about having this 3D realistic monkey who doesn't really get to emote, doesn't, doesn't really become a character the way he is in the film. Uh, in the animated film, which I'm fine with. I'm, I'm not saying they should have cartooned him up a little bit more, but if we're comparing it to the animated version, which it begs yeah. comparison, you miss that relationship. And then there's, there's a sub-relationship between Abu and the magic carpet that I think Dude, is missing carpet, in this film as well. far more than the monkey does. Yeah. The magic yeah. carpet emotes, emotes far more. When he gets ripped was, in half and like his yeah. tassel, his lifeless oh, tassel gosh. falls, you're like, oh, yeah. shit. I actually felt more for him than I did uh, <laughs> yes. the fucking monkey, Marcel. Bro, fuck that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that monkey was a dick in this movie. <laughs> hey, man, that monkey he saved thought, the day a couple yeah, of he times. Also stole, he also <laughs> stole <laughs> Jasmine's shit at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> Most of the stuff that went wrong in this movie was the monkey's fault. Yeah, a lot of it. It's like he stole the fuck. He, he touched the gold in the cave. That's right. <laughs> that made shit go awry. He also kept Jasmine's shit to where she thought he stole it. It's like, dog, he was cockblocking. And, and then later, <laughs> yeah. then later on, like, then later on, um, uh, well, he did get he did save the day. He did get a lot. He did get the lamp back. I'll give yeah. him that. He did save it a lot. But he also he saved things he fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, he's, he's just back to zero. That's all. Yes, yeah, exactly. he was in the red, and now he's in the black again. So one of the things that stood out for me, uh, and I think a lot of the things that's going to stick out are the musical numbers. I think it's yes. really tough to to take musical numbers that were created for an animated medium. And with animation, you could do things that you just can't do with live action. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stands out, just like with the, uh, the you Never Had a Friend Like Me, is Aladdin's first number. Where he's like, you know, one step ahead of the bad guy, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, exactly. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great song, but there's something about when you watch the animated version and how he's able to kind of move around real quick and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is it, what I'm fits the, it fits the staccato of the song, the mm-hmm. pacing of the song. Whereas in this, it's like there's almost something that visually drags yes. while the song kind of keeps moving forward. Yeah. That's why I'm I saying I didn't feel like Guy Ritchie really brought much to the table here. He, uh, uh, th- There wasn't like a singular vision who who was able to take this animated film and and make this live action film feel animated as well and you have to do that because the these sorry for better or worse these songs were written for an animated film these characters were in an animated film 
Uh, so if you're going to do an adaptation, do it, but do yeah. it, do it the right way. Uh, and, and yeah, specifically the beginning. And this is why it took me a while to come around on the uh, on the movie because right off the bat, like you said, camera work's not all that impressive. Acting's off. The music didn't feel right. And uh, mm. I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of the way they began the film with this with uh, the w- boat team. Will Smith on the boat talking to his kids, and automatically I was like, no, 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 this is totally wrong. And then yeah, when we finally get into the story, like where's the where's the introduction of each of the characters? Where's the right. that that Steven Spielberg shot where oh here's your hero shot, here's Aladdin, here's Jasmine. They're all just kind of like in the scene all at once, and you don't know it who's just important. Kind of starts. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of started. like in the animated version. Didn't we meet Jasmine before she went into the market? Yes, yes. Yeah. She's not okay. there. You see her with the fucking tiger talking to her dad, the Sultan, and yeah. she's like, "I got to get out of here." And she sneaks out, and then that's how she gets there mm-hmm. uh, to the market and ends up running into him. And bro, if these live action versions are ever digging up a character's dead mom and like <laughs> my mother, they loved my mom. Like, bro, we don't need this. No, we don't need. It. Just like in the Beauty and the Beast exactly. remake, like. We don't need to go to this this windmill <laughs> that you, your mom used to live in. Like it's okay. We can. We're getting the point of the story just fine without all yeah. this. See, because that that wasn't in the car. Yeah, because that wasn't in the cartoon version. I don't remember. No, 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 no. They never address what happens to Ariel's mom in the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this today. What if Ursula is Ariel's mother? Ooh, interesting. See, that's what they'll do for the live action version. You think so? <laughs> you think yeah. they're going to do that? <laughs> Because she, she's at one point she talks about how like when I lived in the palace things were like this and like that and I'm like oh all right bad divorce so it was like yeah did mm. Triton like have a kid with Ursula and then banished her from the castle like oh. what happened or maybe uh, Little Mermaid ain't Ursula's kid oh <laughs> <laughs> she is the redheaded stepchild oh my gosh oh That's wow. so funny. <laughs> oh my god we're well, getting back so, to this. Um, one of the things, and, and we, we talked about it before, about how the music kind of wasn't jiving. To me, this feels like, and I think why we're so confused about, oh, did we like it? We liked it, but things we didn't like. Because it feels like, to me, two movies that were kind of smashed together. Like, I almost uh-huh. got the impression that Guy Ritchie felt obligated to add these musical numbers. To have Will Smith play this type of genie character. Like, if if the Robin Williams movie did not exist... There's no way they would have made Will Smith do the things he was doing and say the things he was saying. Yeah. And in fact, on, on a larger degree, this feels like a very, like, if you didn't know of that movie before and you just thought you were going to watch uh, this uh, Arabian period piece slash Bollywood musical, you'd be very confused as, a, like, why is Will Smith the only person who's <laughs> saying these modern phrases and uh, not speaking with an accent? Like, he yes. seems wholly out of place. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like okay. So, I don't think Guy Ritchie felt obligated. I think he was forced, like to to yes. make some of the decisions that were made. Like this is what I'm saying. There, I think that there's there's Disney mandate. There's brand. They have to stay on brand. Like Aladdin is one of their their most beloved properties, mm-hmm. and they're gonna yeah. make you play it safe. Like they're not gonna let Guy Ritchie go and like you know throw jason statham in this movie <laughs> and, and have, have like you know uh, dennis farina telling people don't go to fucking england like <laughs> you know like so obviously they're going to play it safe and i think if you're guy Ritchie, you're an idiot if you pass up this job 
You know, this is a it's, yeah. it's a movie. You you know you're printing money. You know you you've got the Disney backing behind yeah. it. It's it's a live action version of a like famous animated film. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the only way you could fuck it up is by like one of your actors dies while making this movie. Oh, Jesus, and and even then you might be able to still. Say, if you're Guy Ritchie, yeah. I think you make the smart di- business decision by yeah. making this movie. I think that there's something that's something that's missing from the artistic yeah. interpretation. We are talking about the same director who uh, directed a feature length film uh, for his wife, basically as for a favor. Wife. Yeah, so yes. it's not like his integrity is something that he holds dear. <laughs> that's right. But the thing is, you know, when you when you get down to it, you boil it all down. When you Danny boil it all down, uh, <laughs> it's it's not a bad time. Like I really, when I said I didn't mind this movie, I enjoyed it quite a bit. In fact, yeah. I would, I would go back and watch this one immediately before, Beauty and the Beast? before I before I watch the live action Beauty and the Beast one Ooh, again. Interesting. I had I had more fun. I love Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, the animated version, of course, is one of it's one of my top five films. I love that movie. Do you prefer and that I, to the animated Aladdin? Uh yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. What? Absolutely. Really? I, Beauty and the Beast is one of my. I think Beauty and the Beast is one of the most, uh, not not just competent, but most uh, well crafted, not just animated films, but just one of the best films hmm. I've ever seen. Like it's just yeah. so good. It's so rich. I agree. It with feels that. like not a moment is wasted. Like everything is pushing forward. And and it, yeah, it's a kids movie, and it glosses over things, and there are gaps, but it doesn't matter because. Everything is just top notch. The animation, the music, yep. the, the 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 voice cast, everything is just on point, uh, and so it makes up for it. So, but so I would take that over the animated Aladdin. But yeah, I would take this live action Aladdin over the live action Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I had more fun. By the time this movie was done, I felt like I had a great time, and I'm like, yeah. I'll watch this again. Whereas oh, Beauty yeah. and the Beast. I enjoyed the music and it was fun. Like I'm a fan of remixes. And so it was a remix. Uh, I enjoyed the experience seeing it, but I didn't have as much fun with it as I had with this. Fair enough. Well, now we have to do the live action uh, Lion King so that we We can compare it it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have to. I loved it. I sang all the songs. (laughs) (laughs) Even the female empowerment one at the end, Tess? Except for that, <laughs> I hate. I hated that scene because yes. it, because it was added out of nowhere and I, and it was just so heavy handed and just like we knew what you guys were doing. Yes, and it was just so unnecessary because all right, she's being taken away, and one this didn't happen. This her being taken away like that didn't happen in the movie from right. what I remember. And then yeah. next, it's like all right, so she's going to be taken away just so she can come back yeah. singing to tell about how she's not going to be silenced, Bro, it, imprisoned. It forced a moment with a character that we didn't develop at all. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if had we developed him and been like, oh, this is, you know, one of my father's most trusted guards. And you could have even tied it into like, you know, he was he's my uncle. <laughs> he's my yeah. mother's brother, like something like that, where yeah. he's now torn between loyalty to family and loyalty to the crown. Like make that his journey instead of her just telling him, like, be conflicted now and make a choice. <laughs> Hey, I thought it was interesting that they didn't recast the voice of the Cave of Wonders at the beginning, right? That was the, oh, is that the same voice? Was, not only was it the same voice, mm. I think it was the exact same audio file that they recorded back in 1992. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Yeah, Frank Welker, who, uh, you know, famous uh, voice Megatron. actor. That's right. Yeah. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, well, then, but they, that, they broke everything else. That, then, yeah. <laughs> Why not let Gilbert Gottfried be the voice of Iago? Yeah, there you go. 
It would have been a different movie. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I I liked it, and and I, I got to tell you, man, like I want to see the guy who played Aladdin in more stuff. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah, he was, he was so fun to watch. Very charismatic. Oh, for sure, and and that's what we needed. Um, Jasmine, the 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 actress that played Jasmine, I think I liked her performance more than Sarah did. Um, I liked her a lot. She had a, yeah. a gorgeous singing voice. That woman could sing. And face. Um, <laughs> she was like, she was like, uh, like a Middle Eastern Sarah Michelle Geller. She kind of had oh, a little bit of that going on. You know who I thought she was? Uh, uh, I, I immediately uh, was getting a strong Felicity Jones vibes from Rogue One, like the the uh-huh. lead from Rogue One. I was like, she's like an Arabian version of her. I don't know, man. Felicity Jones always looks to me. She always looks like a chipmunk that's storing nuts yes. in her cheek. This oh, wow. chick had had the the same buck teeth. I thought <laughs> the buck, the buck teeth. And I actually thought they added uh, they added a little more, a few more layers to her character. Um, not not so much with that musical number that they they tacked on, but uh, there's that moment when they finally have that kiss on the balcony after the whole new world musical oh, yeah. sequence, and she gives uh-huh. that look to the camera, uh, not <laughs> yes. to the camera, but as she's walking away, it was a little playful. I felt uh-huh. there was more to her character in this film than there was in the animated version. So that was something sure. that was a little plussed up and, and done specifically by the actress. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that at the end, the Sultan passes the mantle on to her yeah. and lets her change the law mm-hmm. that she can't marry anybody but a prince. You know, that's mm-hmm. that was kind of nice. Um, I, 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 dude, there was, I was surprised by what I liked about this movie and how much that I actually enjoyed it. All right. It just took a while to get going. You can see how I would have been frustrated, though, right? By watching it in 15 minute chunks. I mean, you know, but. Uh, the you, first act is not strong. You don't like different ethnicities, though. So. <laughs> I was like, where, why can't we have more white people in this movie? <laughs> like, we don't have enough. I don't know any of these actors. Why can't Leonardo DiCaprio be. Uh, Fucking Aladdin. No, just kidding. No, I, this is not Kunal Nanjiani. <laughs> He's the one guy I know. Oh my god! No, I, I like that they were able to um, to open people's eyes and and broaden horizons and say, you know, it doesn't have to introduce us to a whole new world. That's that's right, a, a dazzling place that world. I never knew. <laughs> I did like the uh I always love catching like the little Disney nods in this movie like when they bring the when the genie gets them out of the cave of wonders and while he's talking to Aladdin you see magic carpet building sand castles in the background yeah, and it's like, and uh, the magic builds, kingdom he builds the Disney mm. castle yeah. and even does like the the little like the rainbow <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was fun uh when they go on the uh they did the whole new world thing they flew past Pride Rock, and I was like, "Oh, I appreciate that. That was pretty." Cool. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, ah. yeah. So it's and that's one of the one of the fun things. It's the Easter eggs that these artists throw into these movies. That's also part of the fun. Uh, uh, but I mean, this is not something that you could judge the merits of this movie on, but <laughs> a fun addition. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Tess, you got any other notes? Uh, I wanted to talk about the end, like when they when he eventually when he actually like beats Jafar in the end. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the one thing that like watching this again because this is the second time I've actually seen this movie. <laughs> so, but I mean, and I loved it again. Like I said, sang every single song. But <laughs> I noticed this time that like when he actually beat Jafar, I didn't like that because this whole movie. Okay, say what you want. Jafar has been an asshole the entire movie, but he's still been smart and intellectual the entire time. Sure, but he. Yeah. But he's basically just outsmarted by being prideful in the end. Like that's really? how, 
Yeah, he, that's how that's how Aladdin just beats him in the end. He's like, hey, so yo, but you're not going to be the most powerful being in the world. And isn't that what you basically want to want to be? And that's all he needed to do to beat this guy after they went on that whole chase with Iago and all that shit just for like the last like five to ten minutes. So yeah. I just didn't like how that was how it, how in the end he ends up uh, beating him. Because I don't remember if that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, in the yeah well, it's, it kind of plays like that. But I think that that speaks to what you and Joel were saying earlier, that the, the difference of the Jafar character in this movie and in the animated movie. In the anim- in this one, they, they've already set him up. Like Jafar in this movie sets himself up as being like, he is crafty, he's smart, he's clever, and mm-hmm. he's, he's calculating. Whereas in the animated film, he's devious, but he's not brilliant. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense that he gets outsmarted at the end. Whereas, no, I agree. And this one, it, it did seem a little like, wait a minute, don't you see this trick coming a mile no. away? And, and a missed opportunity. I thought during that sequence, that climax at the end, I was waiting the whole movie for that moment where, um, uh, the genie after he's now that he's being controlled by Jafar turns into like a giant genie. Yeah. And like literally giant. picks up the entire city and moves it. Yeah. I was like, where was that? Why didn't they do it? They got a fucking $200 million budget. You can't animate a huge Will Smith. <laughs> no, we need a big-ass parrot. That's what we need. Exactly. That's what we Dragon need. parrot. That's what we got instead. We got a huge parrot. It's like, so stupid. <laughs> that was the, yeah, the end with, that end with Jafar was the one part that I'm like, really? That's, that was the most cartoon thing in the movie to me. Like just that. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly yeah. what happened. That's where you're gonna veer. That's where you're gonna take creative license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's too many things. Disney suits are telling you, no, you can't change this. No, you can't change that. I, I, I guarantee you, the things that Guy Ritchie actually succeeded in putting in that he like were his ideas are very few and far between. You know what? I, I can pinpoint one of them out. Remember when uh, they've got Aladdin? They've captured Aladdin. Uh, Jafar has, and they've got him tied up to that chair. Yeah, and they're, they're gonna kick him into the ocean like they did before, and they do That's that. Right. He, he he kicks him over, and all, and it cuts to slow motion, super slow motion, as we uh-huh. see him like go over the edge. That, it's Inception. Uh, no, yeah. that, I totally got vibes of uh, uh, Mickey, Mickey uh, from Snatch uh, when he gets right. when he yeah. gets knocked out, and it goes super slow mo, and he's just like floating in the air there for a second. I was like, How awesome would this movie have been if Brad Pitt from Snatch showed up? <laughs> That's my recast. Him is the genie, just with that same accent. Oh, uh, you like Dugs? Hey, like Dugs? You like Dugs? Like like hey, hey, did I miss it? Did they not turn Abu into an elephant? They, they did. did. Yeah, they, they did. absolutely did. Well, when did he turn back into a monkey? I don't know. I don't think they showed him turning uh, back into the because they really played that up in the animated version. He was like Abu yeah. the elephant for that entire yeah. act. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, they, you definitely see him turn into an elephant, but I oh, don't remember right. him changing him back. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. Dude, that was that was that was a fun bit where Aladdin's with Jasmine and she's trying to find Agrabah on a map. Oh, or oh not yeah. Agrabah. Uh, 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 a Baboy. Yeah, trying to find that on the map and the whole like the animated genie on the map that he's trying to get him yeah. to like do things. That was that was cute. I like that addition. Yeah, um, I agree. Again, like the. The, the 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 Cyrano stuff, like the the stuff that they did between the genie and Aladdin, I really loved. I enjoyed it. Yes. I'm glad that they gave Jasmine. At first, I kind of rolled my eyes at the whole handmaiden thing but because was, I was me like, too. Um, me too. Here's here's another woman that's going to fail the Bechtel test, and she does. But at the same yeah. time, like it, it creates a fun, it's a fun interaction 
that can add a little bit more depth to the Jasmine character. It ended up becoming a very entertaining duo. Yeah, and it yeah. made me not hate that intro where we see Will Smith talking to his two kids, and then they kind of yeah, reveal yeah. at the end, oh, she's the mother. They're on the boat together. That was yes. a nice payoff, but if they didn't have that payoff, I still would have hated that intro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, where's, I mean, the, the animated movie starts off so brilliantly with Robin Williams as the, uh, he's, he's oh, the salesman, right? Coming oh, in on the camel. Gosh. It really oh, set the tone for that film. And this one, this is how you're going to set the tone? Like, the, these boring shots of him on a set, on a boat with it these two kids? It won't kids. break. It broke. It broke. <laughs> also makes Julian fries. That's so good. That's, but isn't it true that, like, Robin Williams came in and voiced everything, and they animated around him. Well, they always what? do. That. Disney always does that. The, oh, unlike, okay. um, like when when I do my voice work, obviously, right. like I have to match what's going on on the animation. And I always assumed like that's what's going on with all of these things. That like the animators are animating it. Now you have to act it as the voice actor. Uh, I never. I I thought that's what was going on. I didn't think that they did that for everybody. Yeah, well, that's the Disney and Pixar way of doing things. The Saturday morning cartoon way of doing things is uh, sometimes the uh, vice versa, as you say. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, th- there's no way they could have come up with these visuals without having the voice of Robin Williams to kind of guide them, and just that oh manic personality, like he he. That, that, it was perfect, like it's uh, lightning in a bottle. I just feel like those animators must have both simultaneously loved their jobs and hated their jobs. <laughs> oh no, I having, think I think they hated having him. To animate him. Like, oh my god, this dude. We've got to now. We've got to make him as you know Ed Sullivan. Now we've got to make yes. him as this guy. Oh, wow. it, it did seem it looked like a really soul sucking job. I really felt for the VFX people on this film. Yeah. So okay, first question: Would you recommend this movie? Oh, definitely. <sighs> yeah, I would too. I would recommend it. I obviously I would say watch the animated version. If you had if you had to pick between the two, watch the animated one. But this one, this one's harmless. Like this one, yeah. not only is it harmless, it's pretty damn entertaining. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Give it a shot. Check it out. That's a tough one. I I, I can't. I don't think I can agree with you guys. It's hard to recommend really? because what makes it entertaining is having seen the first one already and kind of knowing what they're building off of and seeing where they're taking some mm-hmm. creative liberties. Like I said, if this is a movie mm-hmm. on its own, you're like, why is Will Smith the only person speaking in 2000s vernacular and everybody mm-hmm. else is in this period piece Bollywood movie? It, at, it at doesn't show. On that same token, though, all I have to go is, all I have to think is, well, it's Will Smith. You know, it's well, obviously, yeah. yes. Like, we live in a time where, yeah, like, they, they put people in movies that shouldn't be playing characters that they're playing because of their star power. And... I feel like that's exactly what they did here. I was smart. I think you're bringing in the audience that you're aiming for. It's one of the things that Disney does brilliantly. Like they identify who their audience is and they know how to bring people in. I mean, $1.051 billion can't be wrong. (laughs) True, but you know what? I would love to know. I would love to see the box office pull for Beauty and the Beast and then Aladdin Mm. and then Lion King and see if there's diminishing returns because I, I have a feeling that a lot of audiences feel like I feel, which is like, these movies don't need to exist. Like it's yeah. yes, when you when somebody pulled the trigger and said, "Here you've got the green light. Let's make live action versions," and then the creatives get involved to go, "Okay, how do we make the best of this of this situation we're in?" But should it have been done at all? Is my question, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I would have greenlit this. Okay, so the yep. 2017 Beauty and the Beast. Here we go. Was made for between 
sixty and two hundred and fifty five million dollars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Brought in one point two six four billion. There you go. So you're you're on you're on to something here. Already a drop off. What about Lion King? Uh, Lion King came out in 2019 as well, right? Yeah, that's another thing too. It was almost like a oh, vote yeah. of no confidence by Disney that they were just like, uh, "This is not turning out to be a creative success for us. Let's just finish what we've got, get them out there, and uh, and try to recoup our losses." So Lion King came out after this one, right? Yeah, like two yeah. months later. Okay. Yeah. So Lion King was made for 250 to 260 million dollars. Right, same budget. It brought in it brought in 1.657 billion. <laughs> okay. So Aladdin was the one that made the least. But I feel like mm. it was that way with the animated versions too. Beauty and the Beast was was Dude, you're making me look all this up. <laughs> well, no, no, no I, you don't have to look it up. I can tell you. I know that Beauty and the Beast was Everybody was was caught off guard. Oh, Disney's making these. They're not making just kids' movies anymore. They're making films. This movie got nominated for Best Picture as an Oscar. And then Aladdin came along, and people loved it. But it was like, eh, it's no Beauty and the Beast. And then Lion King came along, and everybody fucking lost their shit like it was the second coming. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast made $440 million. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. I feel bad that we don't consider The Little Mermaid in any of this. Uh, okay, good call. So four hundred forty billion. So one of my favorites. Uh, Aladdin made five hundred and four million. It right, dropped a little bit. Yeah. No, it didn't drop a little bit. It oh, went 500. Up. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then Lion King. Lion King was huge, <laughs> even though it's my least favorite of those three. Nineteen ninety four. Uh, made oh gosh, made nine hundred and sixty eight point yes. five million. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. That's crazy. Even though yeah. the songs aren't nearly as good, the lyrics aren't nearly as They're good. They're not. No, they're not. They're you bad. Know, I, I went back. I think I told you about this. I went back and watched Lion King uh, with Harper that, not too long ago. That be prepared I, musical number. Yeah. Okay. That's creepy. But at the same time, like I was like, I had these weird memories that like the Lion King music being a lot more memorable and a lot more impactful than it was. Like it really isn't. It's not. Whereas Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, even Little Mermaids, uh, Harper's gotten into Little Mermaid again recently. Yeah. Like the music, the music in all three of those really stands up. Hell, Mulan music oh, stands true. up in that oh, Amazing. Mm-hmm. Sang that today. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in the shower. No, he sang it to my daughter on our work. Call. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, so so Tess so, and I would recommend. Joel wouldn't. I what did this movie do right? I said that it was a it, it was a beautiful movie to look at in a lot of places, and to me, it was an overall good live adaptation of a movie because it stayed on the script of the original movie. And you kind of touched on that a little bit, Joel, when you said that you wouldn't be able to to enjoy this movie had not if you hadn't seen the original movie. Right. So it's in that way, it stayed on course with the original movie, even though it did add in like a couple of things that we didn't exactly like, but overall it was a good right. live adaptation for me. Yeah. 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 I think what, it Joel, did what do you I, think? I think, uh, I think the, I think Will Smith being Will Smith, human Will Smith, genie, uh, mm-hmm. that's when he's firing all cylinders. That's when he's able to, to bring, his talents to the table, and I think those are the moments that he shines the strongest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I think this movie did right, I do think the production-wise, the colors, like Tess said, I think, man, making sure those things popped off the screen was a good idea. But ultimately, the cast, I think this yep. cast is really, really good. Mm-hmm. The weakest link of this cast is Jafar. Agreed. And it's the character that has the least amount of screen time, so it 
Crawford. It's like, all right, so if your weakest one is going to be him, great. I know I'm the one that always says, like, your hero is only as strong as your villain. But I think you've got enough going for it here that, like, Jafar could get away with being a, a little less dimensional than he should be because your heroes sure. and are, are still carrying it. Like everybody they're, they're, they're handling the, the heavy lifting. What did this movie do wrong? For me, it's blue genie. Anytime we see yeah. Will Smith mm. well, on that CG body trying to be Robin Williams, it's embarrassing. It's, it's a, a disgrace to the memory of Robin Williams and uh-huh. uh, I'm not there for it. Gotcha. The added Jasmine song. Well, <laughs> yes. I, that, that was the worst thing you did. Close for second. Because, Unnecessary. Uh, I, I do. I, I, I have to agree with both of you. I think the added songs, uh, I, I think extending this movie, inflating it when you could have been trimming it down a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to, you know, as much as I give Disney credit for understanding their audience and catering to their audience, their audience are families with kids. <laughs> and how are you <laughs> going to ask people with children to sit in a theater for two plus hours? for a movie like this that they originally had for 90 minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, trim this thing down. You need an editor. Uh, If we were going to remake Aladdin (laughs) a year later, uh, (laughs) how would we do that? I only recast four. I recast five. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I recast like eight people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, does anybody have any themes going on before we get into it? Uh, Uh, I don't. Not really. No, I do. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to do yours last? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my last. Okay. okay. So, Tess, go ahead and start listing yours, and then okay. I'll, I'll pipe in once I have somebody that you've got. Okay, I'll start at the bottom. All right, so the lowest person I have is the Hakeem character. That was the oh, uh, guard, the lead guard. Uh, uh-huh. I went with uh, Pedro uh, Pascal, you know. Oh, um, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like he'd be okay in that uh, sure. role right there. Um, the next person that I put on there was Prince Anders. He was that one uh, <laughs> of the was German, that? German prince. Yeah. Oh yes, and uh, I, I went with Alan Richmond. Other, uh, uh, oh, known as, yeah, 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 yeah that castle, Ed castle from Blue Mountain State. That's that, awesome. Um, <laughs> and then that's the next perfect. person after can, that, can I he have? just be Thad Castle? Yeah. <laughs> I, that'd be perfect for that. He just walks in. Hey, Sloots. <laughs> hey, Sloots. I heard there's a fine princess around here. <laughs> oh, that's good. And uh, after that, I have the Sultan. Hmm. Um, and for him, I went with Jason Manzukis. I almost, I almost went Jason Manzukis in <laughs> my recast. Things. Really? I oh, okay. almost went with him. Yeah, that's oh. good. That's really good. Uh, and then after the Sultan, I have Dahlia. Do you guys have her? The, the nope. Handmaiden. Nope. No, I didn't. Oh, well, you're going to like this, Joe. I went with Allison Bree. I love uh-huh. it. For that character. Yep. I love it. That makes uh, me very happy. And now down to my last four. I'm guessing this is where you guys have people. Um, my first one is Jafar. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I went with Tom Ellis. He's the guy who plays Lucifer in the um oh. in the TV series. I don't know. I've never even seen that show, but he just I don't know why his face He's he just looks look. like he just looks like he'd be perfect for that role yeah. of a menacing enough uh-huh. character. Yeah, I love him. I went with uh Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um Can he sing right, though, we- Joe? That's the real question. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he could probably carry a little bit of it too. Yeah, maybe the, we can get somebody in the booth to dub it over, right? We need to. <laughs> we'll audio. He's we'll audio tune it. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. All right. Who do you have next, Tess? Uh, and after Jafar, I have the Jasmine character. Yes, sir. I went with Priyanka Chopra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Isn't Love she? Uh, she's a. Um, she's married a to a Jonah. Yes, yeah, yeah. she is. Um, Nick Jonas. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, baby, I went with Jonas. Zendaya as my Jasmine. Ooh, oh, nice. Okay, okay. Guys, I had to make sure these people could sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh-huh. All right, who's next? All right. Uh, do you want to do Aladdin first and then Genie, or Genie and then Aladdin? Uh, I think Genie's the star, so you got to. Yeah, he is. I'll do. It. I'll do Aladdin. And okay, so for Aladdin, I went with Kunal Nayar. He's the guy who starred in the movie yesterday. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like he'd be a good Aladdin. He was good in that one. Hmm. Good, That's nice good. little actor. I went with uh, Jordan Fisher. Uh, you, he's a Disney Channel kid. He's also done some Broadway stuff. He played Alexander Hamilton's son in Hamilton. Oh, in, yeah. In the original Broadway oh, cast. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I went with him. And now that brings us to our genie. For genie, I went with none other than Terry Crews. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I, President Camacho. Yeah, I wanted a buff guy who was still going to be funny and, and still be able to sing. Oh, that's that perfect. That would be hilarious. Bro, Terry Crews is the genie. Speaking in third person all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Calling himself Terry. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Uh, my genie, played by Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, I like that Ooh, too. Okay. I think that okay, if I, I think that. if you're going to try to get somebody who's going to be able to emulate some of that energy that Robin Williams had, yes, uh, I think Brian Reynolds can hold that down. Dude, that's perfect. And, uh, mine directed by Life of Pi's Ang Lee. Ah, I want oh, James Cameron. He knows how to do CG tigers. <laughs> that's true. Yes, and James Cameron, no, uh, <laughs> he knows how to no do CG stranger to CG else. himself. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, all right. Well, then I'll just knock out my very predictable uh, recast. Because uh, that's right, I took Slumdog Millionaire, the cast of Slumdog Millionaire. Is mine. <laughs> so we've got uh, as the Sultan. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, he's got the Bollywood musical number and everything. Uh, I love that movie. Tess, you ever see Slumdog Millionaire? Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, it's it so is good. great. Of course, you've got uh, as the Sultan. We've got Irfan Khan, who was also in the Jurassic World uh, sequel. You recognize him. Also in uh, Life of Pi. Life of Pi. Oh, grown yeah, up yeah. Pi. We've got uh, for Jafar. We're gonna go with Anil Kapoor. He's the guy who plays the uh, the who wants to be a millionaire host. Remember, yes. and he kind of ends up being uh, maybe a, a nefarious character at the end of that film, as he will in this one. Uh, Princess Jasmine, of course, Frida Pinto, beautiful Frida Pinto. Mm. Don't know if she can yes. sing or not. Don't care. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for Aladdin, of course, Dev Patel. He was born to play Aladdin. Dev. He's just born yes. twenty years Dev. too soon, I think. Yeah, I think now so. <laughs> for the genie, there is nobody in Slumdog Millionaire who matches uh, the, the the talents. I think that uh, you need to pull off a Robin Williams like genie. So uh, I'm going to go with a recommendation from my lovely wife Jenna. We were watching this, and uh, every time they cut to blue, uh, Will Smith as the genie, she was like, "Why? Why did they? Why did they have to do that to a CG body? Why did they have to make him look like the Rock?" And that's when it was. That's when oh, it went off. Like, yes, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. He has the talent. He has the look. He he can yes. sing. We know that from Moana. He yeah. and and I think he would do a better job. He Will Smith is great, but Will Smith he can't get out of his own way. I think in the way that Dwayne Johnson can. Uh, wait, but you wait. So you're saying you're wait. 
I can't say that I agree with you. I think that Dwayne the Rock Johnson, no matter what he's in, he's Dwayne is the, always Dwayne, Dwayne the, the Rock, Rock Johnson. Johnson. No, I, I know, but you could say the same same thing about Will Smith. But what I'm saying is and Ryan Reynolds, Will and Smith, Terry Cruz. yeah, but yeah. but Will Smith always has to be cool. Like I don't think Will Smith was able to let go and let himself not look or be cool or seem silly. Wait, what are you talking or about? Dwayne the scene where he goes to see Dahlia and he keeps messing it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very uncool scene. <laughs> yeah, but he's still playing, like, charming Will Smith. Like, I'm charming even as I'm not doing it right. He, gotcha. You go back and watch Dwayne Johnson uh, being an early host of SNL and just the uh, way that he was, like, he dissolved into uh, the role and he would do whatever they asked him to do. And, and I think that's uh, that would have helped in this live action yeah. Aladdin. All that directed by, not Danny Boyle. No, you thought I was going to say that. But I think... <laughs> I think we need somebody who who can make a live action musical feel like a cartoon, and M. nobody Night can Shyamalan. do that. No, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with somebody you mentioned earlier, Joe. How about Baz Luhrmann? How about the, the manic camera work of Baz Luhrmann? Really, that's a good choice, Thank guys. You if you have any how you would recast Aladdin or thoughts about Aladdin in general. If, if you want to talk about the cartoon version, go ahead and let us know. Go on over to <laughs> facebook.com slash editing bay or in the search bar at Facebook, put in the, the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that and you talk back to us and let us know your thoughts. Uh, and if you have ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, go ahead and put your suggestions there. We'll put them on the list. Uh, we've also got a website, right, Joe? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's somewhere in between. It is EditingBay.com. Please go there and bookmark it. Anytime you need to know anything about our little podcast here, you're going to find it right there on EditingBay.com. We've got links to uh, all of our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, as well as our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there. You'll always be, uh, <laughs> I say you'll always be the first to know, but I've kind of been radio silent these last couple of weeks here as we're trying to figure out our schedule. We didn't even know if this episode was going to exist and yet here it is. We've, yeah. we've, uh, we've wished it to life, just like a, a wish from the lamp. And here it is. Uh, so follow us at the Editing Bay on Twitter. Also, um, if you'd like to support our little show uh, monetarily, as well as being a subscriber, you can do that on our Patreon uh, page. Uh, Patreon.com slash Editing Bay, I believe is what it is. You'll find it. You can search it. You guys know how to Google things, these millennials. Uh, so, uh, yeah. There you go. All that and more on EditingBay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. A uh, five-star rating would be fantastic. And then leave us a review. Let us know what you think you're doing. We're, what you think you're doing, right? We don't care what you're doing, right? <laughs> Let us know what you think we're doing, right? And even if you think that there's something we could be improving on, just make it five-star criticism. Five stars and then let us know, like, hey, you know what? You could probably uh, do this better. Stop being so ugly. Like, whatever it is you want to say. Just make radio. Stars. I don't care because if you leave less than five stars – you know what you are? You're riffraff. You're a street rat. I don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I don't buy that. Uh, all right. So what are we going to do next week? Whose pick is it, man? I think it's my pick. Yeah, it is. I think it is. You know, Joel. Joe. When was the when was the last time we've watched a ninja movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, let me, <laughs> let me consult the list here, and I will uh, tell you exactly when the last time. Um, it may have been uh, American Ninja 2. Mm, I don't know. Does Beastmaster count? Probably not. <laughs> it sure doesn't. No, uh, it does. Let's see. Depends how you feel about Santa with muscles. Ninja. Yeah, that's true. There were ninjas. There were ninjas in our Double Dragon episode. How about that? How long ago was that? That was uh, late uh, 2019. Okay. So about a well, year. <laughs> so it's been about a year. Well, you know what, Joel? You mentioned the beloved franchise, American Ninja. Oh, no. 
I'd like to uh, <laughs> return to the world of American Ninja. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> from 1989. said anything. A film called American Ninja 3 Blood Hunt. Uh, this, uh, this film got a 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, gross. Now, now Joel, yeah. I want you to understand, this is the first movie, the first American Ninja film, where they used a different star and not Michael Dudikoff. I don't know if that's a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Well, <laughs> it could go either I'm, way. I'm looking forward to finding out with you next week. Have you not seen this? Watch American Ninja 3. Oh, I've watched it. Hell yeah, I've seen it. It's got oh the trilogy. We're gonna, it's got the box we're set. Ameri- trilogy? There's five of these movies. Oh, uh, all right. Well, really? Joe, please, tell, tell me we're not going to do all five on this podcast. Two is better. We enough. are definitely at some point going to do You know, all maybe five. maybe I think we should take a hiatus, Joe. You know, this whole COVID thing and <laughs> doing this podcast remotely is just not the same. Maybe we need to take a little rest <laughs> hey, until hey, this whole hey, vaccine Joe, look, comes up. You know what? You know what? I'm going to do something fun right now, right. Joel. You get your choice. One, no, no. American Ninja Three: Blood Hunt. Whatever two is, or, or two, creating Remless. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So next week, American Ninja Three on the Editing <laughs> Bay. Tune in to hear us not talk about whatever the fuck Joe was talking about. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Jeff, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Tess, good job. Yeah, man. Thank you, Joel. Always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. All right, guys. We'll check out next week. We'll see you for American Ninja Three: Blood Hunt. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.